All right, Matt. I got a surprise for you, man. But I don't want to tell you what it is. I'm going to let the surprise speak for itself. Okay. Let's see if you can guess what it is. Okay, can you hear me? Yo. Yo, what can up? Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we did it. Who's this? Is this Jay? Try to figure it out. Jay? No, nope. not Jay. Who we got? Our guest Maybe wanted. He he wanted to introduce himself with a particular line, so I'm gonna let him. Go, I'm gonna let you shoot it out. I'm just gonna say one thing to you, mate. How do you like pig dick? Oh my god! <laughs> it is our uh, Australian bootleg Thomas Jane, Mister Dean Kirkwright himself. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! What's up, man? How you going? Oh, Welcome man. from down under, dude. This is so exciting. Oh my God! How fucking no cool worries. is this? I thought I'd love to meet you guys in person, well, virtually. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll take it whatever I can get, man. It's awesome. Yeah. So I'm Paul. <laughs> this is Matt. Um, nice to meet you, man. Dude. So I've been talking with Dean like crazy uh, the last couple of days on Instagram, man. We've been talking a bunch of stuff, and we're super excited for everything that's been going on, and uh, you know, to to kind of get into beating to death and Heart do yeah. the whole um, cumulative uh, interview with uh, Sam and anybody who's gonna uh, be available. So I appreciate you coming on, man. It's uh, five o'clock in the morning, Sunday in Australia at the moment. So. I don't even know how you're doing it, man. <laughs> Uh, it, it is crazy, but I'm actually staying in a hotel right now, so it was it was I just had to try and find this bloody coffee somewhere. So thank you, McDonald's, for the coffee. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh well thanks for I mean that just it makes your presence here knowing that even more awesome because you know you're at a hotel, it's five o'clock in the morning. The, the fact that you were willing to come and meet with us, that's fucking awesome, man. So thank you. Uh, that's all right, mate. Yeah. Dude. Okay, so like we just got done watching uh, Beaten to Death, but um, I don't know. I, I have so many questions for you about um, Blood Hunt and uh, Slaughterhouse, and I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to go because uh, I, I feel well, like maybe it... we can turn it into like a two-part series. We can talk about all that stuff, and then you can do the the um, review later on Beaten to Death. Up here. I'll I'll try to um I'll try to limit my stuff on um on uh, Blood Hunt and Slaughterhouse just because um, I know we're gonna do an eventual interview with you know Sam and hopefully you and yeah. whoever else wants to participate so maybe we can do some of that stuff there but I just gotta say man um, between those two movies um, Blood Hunt and and Slaughter you're fucking awesome man like the, uh, thank you the blood hunt yeah. the blood hunt shit was so good like and because i think it just because yeah. it kicks in like right away and like you don't really have time to kind of really get settled in and it just it just goes and then to see you kind of come through all of that stuff was it was awesome we had a good time uh, watching i really that appreciate one. it yeah now what we we all put a, a lot of hard work into that movie and um i just remember yeah just all the hard work, like just doing weights after, after you know filming, just to get physically right for the next day, and just you know trying to get your head around the way Sam shoots because he does shoot very, you know, he's crazy when he, he's filming. Very, um, uh, he likes to hang out of the car pretty much when he's shooting some of these um, scenes, like the car chase scene and all that sort of stuff. But right. 
Yeah, we. Um, I got a lot of stories about that. That film. I'm. I'm sure you'd be interested to know about. Yeah, Absolutely. you guys. You guys rolled a car in that one. You. You burned another one in Slaughterhouse. I was like, man, these guys must be having the time of their lives, just destroying all this shit. It's got to be super fun. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something that's actually good. It's good trivia. So, I'm driving the car with Claire, and I'm getting chased by Nuck and his mates. Right. If you remember that one. Yep. And if you remember, he rams us off the road and we flip the car. So Claire and I are in the car and we flip the car. But what you don't know is Nuck, the actor who played Nuck, Thomas Roach, was right. actually the stunt driver of our car. Oh, shit. So if you can put your head around that. So he's actually chasing us in his car, but he's actually driving my car as well and flipping it. <laughs> so he actually flipped the car. He was in the car when, when Mike was, so he was the actual stunt driver. And, you know, they, they had a replica car and they had the roll cage. Sure. And, you know, he had a helmet on. But when he did the flip, you saw the flip. We all ran over to the car and he sort of wasn't moving. Oh, oh, shit. Oh. I think he's doing that on purpose. I think he did that on purpose. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's funny. It's yeah. good sense no, of humor. Me right and Thomas there. are actually pretty close friends, believe it or not. That's good, man. Uh, and so when you would text me that after you'd watched um, Beaten to Death last Friday and then you like called, reached out to him to find out if he was all right, in watching the movie, yeah. the whole because I didn't tell Matt you were coming on, and I didn't tell Matt it's like we had been talking. So the whole time we're watching this movie, I'm thinking to myself, now I know why Dean reached out to Thomas after the movie to see if he was all right. Because man, <laughs> Sam Sam really fucking dragged him through all of that shit for an hour and a half. Man, that was rough. Yeah, he's a good guy for taking yeah, all that stuff. I, I couldn't believe. It. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like when I when I haven't spoken to Thomas Roach for a while, and I thought I've got to call him. And when I rang him, I'm just like, he's like, "Hello," kind of thing. And I'm like, "Are you okay, bro?" <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So yeah, it was good to have a chat. We had a good chat that night. Um, because you know, you know what it's like. You do a film, and you don't really see the actors or the or the crew anymore for for forever. Maybe you know, like there's some movies you do. And you just never, you never see him anymore. And Sam and I have kind of kept in touch, but I haven't really spoken to Rochi for a while, Thomas Roach. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just what happens. It's like friends from school. You probably don't speak to some of your closest friends from school. Same yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you guys, I mean, again, this is probably more appropriate for um, later on, but I, I'm still curious now. Did you guys all know each other before you came to work on Blood Hunt? Or did you all just kind of meet each other like in that way? being on set so so sam curtin thomas roach and benjamin clark are sort of like the rat pack of tasmanian cinema they uh well blood hunt was their first movie but they were best friends um benjamin clark who is actually in small parts of each movie i'll tell you who he is in a second um he's he's the co-writer with sam curtin um, so they're like best friends and the rest of the cast were actually scattered all over Australia. You know, myself and Carly, we actually from Melbourne, Ben Denmead, uh, the big guy who yeah, was from he, Sydney and yeah, Heath, so we're right? all scattered yeah. around the place. Yeah. So we didn't know each other, but I had met, um, Carly Williams once before. On yeah, shoot. she's been she's been really cool about, uh, being interactive on the Instagram once we started posting about that. So that was awesome of her too. 
All of you guys. Have yeah, been. when I read the script, I was I was really happy when uh, Carly was going to be playing the role. I was like, oh, hello, epic, yeah, yeah that'll be good. <laughs> she's she's beautiful. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> we actually we actually shared the plane ride to Tasmania together as well, so we're all pumped up. And um, I just remember she actually leaned over to me and she's like, I think these guys are the real deal. The, the script was just crazy. I mean, if you read the script of Blood Hunt, you're thinking to yourself, how the hell are they going to? Do a fight scene in a car. How is he going to do the fight scene in a car like that? When I was reading that, yeah, um, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, I was just like, I was excited. It's like Tom Cruise reading this latest movie that he's done, going, "Okay, <laughs> cool. So you're going to be flying, um, uh, riding a motorbike off a cliff." Right. Right. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, like Tom Cruise, you guys did all your own stunts on that movie too, right? We did. We did. We did a lot of stunts and. Um, uh, yeah, hurt myself a few times. I actually copped a real punch to the face. So the scene where I'm hanging upside down and, and wrote um, Thomas, a knuck, is punching in the face, he actually connected. <laughs> and if you actually watch the movie back and listen to it, you can actually hear punch, oh! And that's him going, oh, shit, I've just hit the main actor in the face. <laughs> and when that's Sam funny. called cut, he's like, quick, get him down, get him down! And the, and yeah, the the guys didn't know that he actually connected, right. and we were watching it with beers later on and laughing and <laughs> slow motion, and it was quite. Nice. Yeah, and and I told you the story that uh, when I worked with Kane Hodder, aka Jason Voorhees, right. mm-hmm. I told him about that story, and he was like, "You asshole, man! I want to get punched on the." <laughs> um, in in a film, and Chris Sun to get Nathan Jones to punch him in the fucking face. Nice. <laughs> so um, you I don't think I, would, I don't think I'd want to be punched in the face by Nathan Jones. You know what's so funny about that is uh, you told me that story, and then like a day or two later, I'm listening to this podcast called Casualty Fridays, and it's hosted by it's it's done by Felissa Rose, Kane Hodder, and then there's a third person in there. But they were talking about some of their experiences when they go to these like horror conventions and they meet fans, and how you know some fans can kind of cross lines and get you know um, too personal or up front with people and Kane was Kane was saying that one time somebody came up to him and was like hey I'll sign whatever waiver I have to sign I'll pay whatever I have to pay but will you punch me in the face please (laughs) (laughs) Kane's got this like uh, world of like face punching around him I mean but he he he's the guy for it too you know I love that guy he's awesome He's a uh, story. Yeah, we we I've did got stories um, about him as well. I, I, I can, can tell you a quick it. one that on. Have you seen Charlie's Farm? I don't know if you've actually no, seen No, no, we haven't. And I've I've been wanting to bring it up to Matt ever since you and I started talking about it because when you when you told me about it and it being directed by Chris Sun, I was like, why do I know Chris Sun? That sounds so familiar. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, Chris Sun directed Boar, which oh, was also yeah. in Australia. Which also had Bill Mosley in it. But then you're in another one of his projects with Bill Mosley, and that's Charlie's Farm, right? Yeah, it was. Um, I was actually lucky enough to get the lead with, with Tara on that film. So Tara plays my girlfriend, Tara Reid, in the movie. Um, but yeah, I was so excited with, with, a, with a string of cast like, you know, these are legends of the horror genre. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, as you know, Kane Hodder, for the listeners out there, he plays Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. 
Um, and there was a moment when they had fog machines and it was a full moon and he just did a fight scene in, in the in the movie and he walked off and he was all sort of, he actually has that sort of, that limp, that same limp that okay. he's got. Okay. And as he was walking off, I just sort of stood next to my buddy and I was just like, walking away from us with the full moon and the fog oh that's awesome that's awesome yeah yeah, man i can i can go on forever with questions and like fanboy out um and i want to save some of that stuff for for when sam is here but again thanks for coming on and, and doing this with us i know i know it's super early for you Dude, yeah, serious. This is this is fucking. This is awesome. I, yeah, I can't wait for this. I cannot wait for this. So many questions. So many things I want to learn about. So, um, okay, so we're kind of doing the Sam Curtin series, right? I think the the way that it started is I had seen the trailer for Beaten to Death, and I when I saw the trailer, oh, yeah. I was like, this movie's right up my alley. Like this, that's my name all over it. So then I started looking at other things that Sam has done and I watched the trailers for those things. And I was like, man, these look all really great. We should, you know, do this thing. Let's review these three movies. And then I'd posted something on Instagram and David Tracy had liked it. And I think he took a look at our page and then, you know, he, he and I started talking and then he was he was the one who suggested I reach out to Sam, and I'm so glad I did because then I just got this whole thing going, and now we're doing this uh, interview uh, after this, um, you know, after this episode, and hopefully soon. I know it's the holidays, so you know it's time consuming, but uh, come you know beginning of the new year, I'm hoping we can all sit down and kind of um, you know just kind of go over everything. Um, but it was a nice yeah. surprise to see you in the first one. And then you in the second one, and then I was like, where's he on the third one? Yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit. So Sam and I have always wanted to do three movies together sort of thing. And um, we were kind of toying with the idea of me playing Nathan in in Slaughter okay. House. Um, killer, yeah. Um, but obviously, I think Sam wanted to be Nathan to be quite young, even younger than James Mason, who played the played the role sure um so he, he just said look how would you like to jump on as a cast casting director and but help me find some talent and i did and and then we we're like well you you have to play blake you, you're perfect for blake and i'm like you know i'd love to play blake and i was trying my hardest to be that guy that you just want to punch in the fucking face you did a great job at it sir <laughs> <laughs> Um, and let me tell you, if you remember my wingman, the guy who licked Nathan on the face when we were, when we put the pig dick and he kind of licked him on the face, yeah. he was he was like my wingman. He was my buddy. That's Benjamin Clark, the co-writer. Okay, uh-huh. got it. He was the guy that like he was yeah. the one who was like walking around the slaughterhouse with no shirt on, right? Yeah, and we won't talk about this just yet. But he was also the doctor in beaten to death he played the doctor so he plays little roles here and there he was the doctor interesting but we won't go in there because that's 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 giving away stuff <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah okay. but um but we and then we started shooting a third movie we actually started principal photography i think we worked on it for about a week and then covid tore it apart so COVID, that was another man. movie called um kill them once kill them once 
All which right. kind of goes on your theory of just kill them. Yeah. Don't, just kill them, man. Just kill the dude. Like, the stop, <laughs> stop walking away. Stop telling him your plans. Just fucking yeah. kill them and go away. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so any, that was, any, um, any yeah. chance that you guys are going to be picking that back up? Or, I mean, is that a dead project for you guys? Or what? what's the word on I that? I spoke to Sam about that just last week. And, um, he feels that we could pick it up. It is very ambitious that movie, um, and it's just it's it's sad because we lost a lot of money and time and mm. and I could sort of because of COVID I couldn't sort of come back for a couple of years and yeah they just that's when they just shot beaten to death with their little Tasmanian crew, right? Um, yeah, so that's how. That but makes it was sense. so much fun. We're getting right into it. And let me tell you something with Slaughterhouse, um, Craig who plays Box. Yep. Um, and James Mason plays Nathan and I all stayed together. So worked that out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. There, yeah. was, there was one thing, Matt, that uh, Dean had told me about Craig, who plays box, right. that I like immediately went to text you to tell you because I thought it was great. And then um, you weren't available. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just save it for when we all meet. But, um, you know, for me, box, uh, and it, again, I don't want to go too far into it, but box is my favorite character from that movie because um, he has such good range because he can be like a vulnerable kind of like you understand where he's coming from in some scenes where like he's, you know, not the a woman's man kind of. And you can see where like he's maybe down on himself, but then he's also very um, dark and angry and scary. Right. So that you see kind of both those things, um, at least in that, in my opinion, in that scene where he's on the couch with Tracy right before he kills her, where he's like vulnerable, but then like dangerous at the same time. So he, he, he's real to me. It's real gritty. He, he makes that movie a lot for me. And then Dean told me, yeah, you know, uh, during the holidays, he plays Santa at the mall. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I'm, somehow I'm not surprised. I just uh, somehow it's always those guys, dude. It's always those guys. And I, and I think I told Dean, like when he told me that, I was like, I'm just picturing that scene with him, like touching himself with the hooker and then like him in a Santa outfit with kids. It's just so I, I, I have so much I want to say about that guy and stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm saving it for the interview. Yeah. The full yeah. Time, uh, I hope he can make it. That's good. Yeah, that would, that be, would, awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, I will be. say he is lovely and I wouldn't say any stretch of the imagination. He went method in this role, but when we lived, when we were staying with him, he actually made it pretty clear that he didn't want to hang out. He wanted to do his thing, and and me and James sort of hung out, and he he sort of did his ironing. He was ironing his clothes in the corner in the room in his filthy undies. Oh, nice! <laughs> Way to commit! Way to commit! <laughs> yeah, that was it. He wasn't, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, but he, he he was great. He's lovely. He's actually lovely. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, I can. See and that. let me tell you something. The, the big guy, the big guy in Blood Hunt, um, Ben Denmead, he's a school teacher. Get out of here. <laughs> nice. So the big guy in Blood Hunt. Nice. Yeah. Uh, he's a school he, teacher. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. That's that's so dope. Okay, so that's a good that's a good segue for me because when we started watching um, Beaten to Death, it opens with this big guy just beating the shit out of uh, I think a. Thomas's uh, character's name was Jack. And immediately we all kind of, me and Matt were like, man, 
Sam casts a lot of really big, like that. That was you. You oh. you, you mentioned it, and then yeah, because we were talking about how there's always some big hulking dude in here, right? Yeah. And I remember telling him, dude, that's probably like a Wednesday for, you know, like like a Wednesday over there, man. You probably just got big burly dudes all over the place in, in that. Tasmania? Yeah. It's, it's all set in Tasmania? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Justin Justin played that role. And Justin Justin's actually also in that movie that we were shooting Kill Him Once, which fell over. But... Um, he's just a local actor uh, in Tasmania, and uh, once again, a lovely guy. And what a brilliant, what a brilliant way to start the film with his monologue. I loved it. Oh, I did too. Uh, dude, manliest beard I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, it was glistening. <laughs> loving that. It beard. was glistening. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was like a beard of the gods. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I like that. Um, you know, like I said for um, Blood Hunts. You know, I think uh, the reason I like that one so much is because it's very real life situational. That could happen to anybody anywhere at any time, you know, and, um, you know, just the idea of these big burly dudes kind of walking around. We see him everywhere and just to see them kind of act out in that way um, brings an element of uh, horror for me, at least. I mean. I'm a big well, yeah, dude myself. Yeah, you see a big but... scary dude. Yeah, these these. Are... <laughs> yeah. So I like that Sam. You know, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but you know, in each of these three films, has these really big scary guys in them, and I think it adds to the to the the whole project. Yeah. Yeah. When we were casting, when I was casting um, uh, Slaughterhouse Killer. He, that was the first thing he said. The guy's got to be big and sort of, you know, scary. And I did think of Nathan Jones, but then it was a lot of dialogue in that film, Slaughterhouse Killer, right. from Box. Box had a lot of dialogue. Um, and I don't know if you've seen um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the guy, um, um, a Andy McPhee, he was he was on my list. Uh, he plays the, um, I think he's Irish or something. He's a big guy. He's got like a white beard and he's like Irish, um, mm. uh, maybe Scottish. I'm not too sure, but... Anyway, Andy McPhee, you can Google him later. He was a top pick for that role, um, and I don't think he was available at the time. I think he was shooting something with Colin Farrell. So I don't, I'm not too sure. He was shooting something. And, and then I thought of you – know, uh, well, actually, Sam was the one that found Craig. Um, oh. and, and, and because Craig actually has quite a big uh, theatrical background, we thought, oh, he could probably tackle a lot of these big dialogue-y scenes. So – yeah, I think he pulled it off pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah. That 100%. was a really well yeah, picked. Yeah, yeah, he did it really well. Uh, all right, Matt. Yeah. Um, tell us, give us a synopsis on Beaten to Death. A synopsis? It's about a guy who <laughs> gets beaten, beaten to death. death. <laughs> <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. No, I, oh. yeah. The So uh, this is a story of Jack, um, you know, and... Uh, just yeah, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, he gets beaten to death. Uh, dude, I mean, just just the opening sequence alone. Like, I gotta right, say, immediately, right yeah, immediately, the thing that like drew me in was the makeup effects. The I've noticed in in the three movies that whoever you guys are getting for the makeup is fantastic because. The blood, the bruises, the cuts, all of it looks so realistic. And, you know, there's a lot of close-up of Thomas Roach, who plays Jack uh, in um, Beaten to Death. And you see a lot of that detail. And I just thought it was done very, very well. So kudos to the yeah, uh, makeup I, department. I, I think the clever part of makeup and blood 
because a lot of slasher films get blood wrong, is if, if you rub a bit of dirt over the paint, <laughs> it looks realistic. So yeah. that's why with Thomas Roach uh, in Beaten to Death, if you look at it, he's got like blood and dirt and all sorts of things going on there. So it actually looks more realistic. But in some of these slasher films, they just have blood. And it's like, that's so fake, man. Right. Like it's, it's red sauce or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, that shit's yeah. caked. That shit was caked onto him. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, I, even, I even told my buddy here while I was watching, I was like, man, just looking at this guy just really makes me want to take a shower so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to we, take a shower. We did have a little bit guy. of fun. We, I, did, I did walk into KFC with all that blood on me, by the way, in Blood Hunt. It was one of the big days, and I had blood all over me, and I just walked straight into KFC, and I was like, can I grab and I just act normal? And they were all looking at me like, what the hell is this guy? All right. <laughs> <laughs> on the phone. Can I, so you can't have can I call you an ambulance? <laughs> That's so funny. Nice. Okay, so um, uh, Beaten to Death is a movie about um, our character uh, Jack, who we find in a house just getting the shit beat out of him. And then um, him defending himself and kind of escaping from his captor only to fall into the hands of um, someone he, who he thought was going to help him. And I don't remember the character name, but it's played by David Tracy and David Tracy, um, you know, is offering to help Jack and, you know, Jack asks him to take him back to where his wife was because his wife was also in the house and uh, who is uh, dead. And then upon getting to the house, Jack discovers, I'm sorry, um, Tracy, uh, let me, hold on. Let me look that up real quick. Cause it's going to bug me. Do you remember his name, Dean, Jack, uh, David Tracy's uh, character name? Uh, I actually watched it two weeks ago, so I'm I'm, I'm, ah. I'm really bad with names too. So am I. That's why I give people aliases like you, Mister Thomas Jane. <laughs> That's no. dude, I, I, I had re- to I had to Google that, and I had no idea who he was. <laughs> dude, ah, nice. You had me laughing so hard when I read that message. <laughs> I'm in the I was I was just in the break room, just fucking laughing. Uh, I think I want to say another staff member walked in. He goes, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> like if only you knew. <laughs> and without going off track from beating to death, I, I actually listened to that while I was cooking dinner. It did go for quite a long time, um, as this one probably is. But um, I just remember yelling at the phone, going, "No, that's not what happened. Yes, <laughs> that's what happened. Wow. Okay, that could have happened. So you guys were all over it. It was good. It was, it was yeah. really, really fun to listen to. We we uh, we drink uh, when we do this, so sometimes we get off on tangents or we forget things. Last night we uh, we recorded our Christmas episode last night, and we're gonna have to re-record that. We got so drunk last night. Uh, we it was just garbage that came out. We on didn't the even make it we didn't even make it till the end we were just like uh i don't even know that we really started i don't even know that we really started we just like started talking while you guys were drinking water yeah just gotta this is the day after yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah recovering yeah okay so ned played by david tracy gets jack back to the house and you know he he knows that um jack's wife is dead so he's like hey if you don't want to go in it's cool i understand like let me go in and check it out and then he goes in and um jack stays in the car and this was a really cool scene because jack there's a it's a shot of jack just sitting in the car you can see tears kind of running down his face but he's having this like moment of like not clarity like just um he's like 
digesting everything that's happened and it, it it sits on him for like i don't know 30 seconds like it felt forever but i thought it was really good because it kind of forces you to sit there and think about what he's thinking about and like to only kind of imagine what you would how you would be reacting in that situation and i thought that was really cool yeah it, it seems to me like like kind of um it, it's like you know finally this is over kind of like a, a relief kind of thing that you know all those emotions are coming at once and kind of like what happened later on you know when we're talking about the hospital yeah yeah, yeah. you know so he's just like oh home free found somebody who's gonna help me out and stuff like that and yeah Right. Yeah, that's, and then that's, that's not what happens. <laughs> no, not, not at all. But it Otherwise, sucks the movie would have been over there. Yeah, you're sitting there and, you know, you're contemplating whatever choices you made to get there, which we don't know yet, right? That was one thing that Matt and I talked about was at a certain point, we Matt turned to me. He's like, I don't think they've said how Jack has ended up in this position or him and his wife has ended up in this position. No, they hadn't. No. Yeah. No. And so we're like, yeah, that's right. Like, I'm, we're, you know, we still are waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah. Um, I want to know why he's just getting pummeled at the beginning and stuff. I mean, I knew oh. it was going to get explained, but yeah. I was just like, God, yeah. I wonder what the hell he did. Yeah. Just <laughs> deserve that, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you want to know something. You're talking about the universe, Sam Curtin's universe. Mm. I thought it was funny. I actually messaged Sam in the middle of watching this movie, and I'm like, dude, you're really kicking the shit out of Thomas Roach here. And then I thought, hang on a minute, I actually kicked the fuck out of him too, so I didn't really <laughs> say anything because <laughs> my character kicked the, you know. But um, one of the things that I really loved what Sam did with this movie was he kept on going back and forth, back and forth kind of thing to, to the past do you remember that when he was he kept it you didn't know that yeah there was um so there was you know it was kind of the present right and then we saw some future with jack walking with his um his blindfold on um and you know we immediately understood what was happening because you know yeah, we just I, came from a scene of the present and then we see him later on we don't know what happened in between so obviously is forecasting you know what's happening in the future but then they also cut to the past with him with jack um and rachel at at the restaurant or the bar where she's singing and yeah, he's drinking and mm -hmm. so we're like okay cool it's like kind of um giving us the full story but in different doses at different times so it's you know yeah it, it was quick to to put those uh those time jump relevances in like because you know when when the movie opened anyways he was you know walking through the field and stuff like that and it opened with the uh what two two weeks earlier or some or two days earlier or something right uh, yeah 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 so 48 hours uh before something like that yeah. And that was the only negative feedback I gave Sam. I, I said, look, if there's anything I can take from this film, I, I thought that the, the, the scene in the bar with the, with the girlfriend or wife or whatever singing, I thought it went for a little too long. They could have cut that back a bit. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, it, it didn't, um, I liked it. And I, I think Matt was the one who said that, you know, the, the, the girl playing <laughs> Rachel, Nicole, um, Nicole Tudor, she had a really great voice and it was a nice scene, yeah. but I, I don't know that it fully kind of belongs there because it doesn't add to the story. There's a, there's a scene later where they're yeah. making some life choices in the kitchen and that's kind of the lead up into how we 
you know, how they put themselves in this position. So that one obviously makes sense. But I think I, I think I understand the intent there is just to kind of pull on your heartstrings a little bit. You want to see what yeah. they were like before and kind of, you know, show you what the relationship between these two people are like. So that way, when you see her dead and on the ground or thrown in a, a hole in the ground and you see him getting the shit beat out of him, you just you you empathize, you sympathize and you empathize with them a little bit more. Because oh, it you was kind of like, know the kind of like with the Dean and Claire on Blood Hunt. Right. I mean, it gave us a little taste of like their rela relationship. And, yeah. You know, like what they're. What yeah. They're like the I will tell you, by the way, with that. I hated shooting those scenes. I really just wanted to get straight to the fights. <laughs> I was yeah. like, do we really, can we just lose this lovey stuff and just get straight <laughs> to the fights? And and I know you need a backstory so you can get, you know, like feel for the characters and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're going on the blood hunt now. But um, yeah, it, it's, I just love doing the fight stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So, yeah. Um, I, um, little bit of backstory there for the couple. So let's see, um, David. So, okay. So, um, Ned walks into the house and he sees that, um, the guy that, uh, Jack killed to get away is dead. And then we draw the correlation that maybe they're, he knows them or they're related to each other. And so this angers Ned. And instead of coming out and helping Jack, he fucking pulls him out of the car and takes him into the house and starts beating the shit out of him again. Uh, only for us to find out that, uh, you know, they're, there's, um, they're brothers, which I think I kind of came to the conclusion on pretty quick, but we couldn't help but notice that's the same house from, uh, slaughterhouse killer, right? In the end. Is it the same? I think it's the same house. I think it's the same house in Blood Hunt too. You just never saw it from that's that angle. I mean, yeah, that's, so that's a farm. Yeah, so that's a farm. It's a farm, and it's a friend's farm. Or, or he's met him. His name's Ian, and he owns the farm, which was really cool because the farm goes for like. Well, you guys speak in miles, but we speak in kilometers. Like it just goes <laughs> kilometers, mm. and and that's how we were able to do those car chases because we we're yeah. off on a private road. We're in we're in his farm, just driving around, banging into each other. On you thought it was a road, but it wasn't. It was just it was just a, a farm, just open open <laughs> so, field. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, but those, so, those all those those cars that were sort of scattered all over the place, they're all just there. So it's just what a great you know place to film a movie. Oh, we noticed. Awesome. I think I think Matt when we when we figured out that it was the same house uh, and farm, same location, uh, and then we noticed all the same kind of tractors and cars That's that what are I was in the get at. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the background stuff is still there <laughs> from from Blood Hunt. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all the same tractors yeah, and stuff. It's, 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 just, it's just still I, there. I do remember lying to a buddy of mine. I remember because there's like hundreds of cars. I don't know how many there is, but I said, you know, this was a big movie that had a crane that bought all in each individual car and placed it where it should have been, and it was a big blockbuster movie. <laughs> but no, no, unfortunately, it was just the set and. And yeah, it was where we where we uh, spent a lot of days filming. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. So Ned, um, getting back to uh, beating to death. So Ned pulls Jack into the house, and he starts beating the shit out of him. And uh, well, he was about to leave, right? Well, he saw him pining over this guy that's dead, the guy that beat him to a pulp, right? I thought he came out and like pulled him out of the car. I don't. 
remember no no okay so so uh i'm sorry uh what was uh ned, ned is uh, the the brother and then jack is thomas roach okay yeah, yeah, uh Jack Jack walks in and he's seen him pining over you know, his well what we can only assume at this point was like a dead relative and he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill him, I'm gonna fucking kill him so that he's like, Oh shit, I need to get the fuck out of here. You didn't see oh, that's face. right. Yeah. He's just like a, by the way, the range on that guy too, like he was how do you go from being one of the most evil villains? Kind of like you, buddy, like uh, uh, one of the most evil villains to like the most innocent kind of guy just put in the wrong place at the wrong time and stuff. Yeah. That fucking range, man. Yeah. Good stuff. So that that's right because uh, he starts running away and uh, David Tracy's character, Ned, starts chasing him in the car behind mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Um, and eventually catches up with him and gets him. Sorry, I got the movie going on right here. Um, well, you, all, you know, automatically assume that they're related because he's a big guy as well, just like the you know opening guy justin what i'm not too sure who he played but they're, they're both big guys so you think maybe they're brothers kind of thing right um mm -hmm. and then when you find out they are brothers like aha makes sense yeah 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 so he pulls him back into the house and then again you know beating the shit out of him and then he goes and rips out one of his eyes and that scene was fucking awesome where you know um again talking to the effects the makeup effects right i've noticed um kind of over these three movies um the development of how those effects are pulled off are getting better right so i'll i'll, I'll give you an example dean the scene where you stab uh heath in the dick with a knife it's it's kind of shot in a way where like you don't actually see the penetration right you we just we see it from an angle did you, did, where, where we we know did what you happened. both see the did you both see that yeah did you both see the knife going into the dick because i because i know there's a there's a copy out there that's being it cuts soon as i go to stab him in the dick it just cuts no, um, um so, so I don't, you actually saw me stabbing him in, did you see yeah. me stabbing him in the face um yeah because yeah so you yeah. you stab him in the dick and then you take the knife out and then you just start stabbing him in the face right let me let me let me tell you how i did that all right so i'm actually so when i stab him in the dick i'm actually stabbed because it's so brutal bruce lee a lot of bruce lee movies i watched before bed and that's where i got that sort of you know when bruce lee hits when he punches someone he really punches them and that's where I got that from. Um, but when I stab him in the dick, I'm actually stabbing the ground. So it's a real knife, but I'm actually stabbing the actual, like, quite far in front, obviously. Got and it. it looks like it's hitting him in the dick, but going in the dirt. Um, and then when I lift the, the knife out and stab him in the ear, I'm actually holding a cup. And I've got all this protection on my hand and the cup's full of blood. And I'm just stabbing the crap out of the cup. Nice. Got it. So he's not even there anymore. So I'm just I'm just going. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine like being. Idea. I can yeah. only imagine being that guy, right? Right when you're about to do the the whole dick strike, going like, "Oh, please don't miss." <laughs> please. Don't <Yeah>. miss. <laughs> and I actually, and I actually, I actually jarred, jarred my finger so badly that I couldn't even do my zip up. I couldn't even get dressed the next day. Mm. And the next day was the fight scene with Thomas Roach. Nuck. I, I just. I don't even know how I got through it. Is that? So, that yeah. Um, that's, yeah. That's insane. Gangster. <laughs> So, uh, but, yeah, the makeup. The makeup yeah, so, so what I'm saying is uh, the development of how these effects are pulled off 
um, have have you you see them getting better with each movie and um you know to the point here where we're watching uh you know the ned pull the eye out of uh, thomas roach's character stabbed him yeah and then uh yeah it was a a brutal (laughs) brutal eye socket (laughs) what i thought was cool too was that they showed us uh um roach's perspective after he had one eye out. So then the camera does this thing where it only looks like you can see from one eye. So we see his, his, uh, his perspective. And I thought that was really cool. Cause it adds a little element of like being in that situation, making him look at his dead girlfriend saying, this is the last thing he's going to see. And he's just like, yeah, ah, fuck it. The last thing you're going to see is my ugly face. And shit. Yeah. And As he pulls the other one out. The other one. That was cool too. I, I really liked that. Like when you actually can see the blade kind of going into the eyeball for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, I don't know how that got, how, how he would have pulled that off, but that was goddamn. How many, how many faces did you guys pull when he was doing that? Cause I don't know about you. I was pulling all sorts of weird, like, Whoa, dude. Yo. Wow. Yeah. I got, a, there, I got a little cringy in some moments where I was just like, Oh, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know what, when it comes to eyeballs, fingernails, teeth, stuff like that, I, I, it, it's cringeworthy for me. Like I just, uh, I'm like, Ooh, uh, this one didn't do it to me so bad, but then again, I've seen some pretty fucked up shit lately. He actually did his own stunt in Charlie's Farm. Charlie's Farm. I'm sure you're going to watch it. But he actually did this scene, and it was real, where he actually got Nathan Jones to push his face up against a nail, rusty nail, and his eyeballs touching the nail, and the nail is pushing his eyeball, and it was for real. He actually did it for real. It's an oh, old God. stunt that he's done before. It's a party, it's a party trick. <laughs> so that's that Kane Hodder. When you see that scene... Um, you know what I'm talking about. That's actually real. All he actually right. did that for real. Damn, that's God. crazy. Did you, did you I can ever... imagine the listeners right now. The listeners are like, guys, can you just talk about one movie? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. We... I was just about to go on to a different one, too. Because I was going to ask you if you had seen the movie Zombie, where that lady's fucking eye got taken off by that splinter. Mm. That was one of the ones. But yeah, yeah, we need to stick to, to okay. the agenda. So, so Ned pulls out both of Jack's eyes and... Uh, it's not detrimental to the movie or anything, but I thought that when he sits him in that chair and he's just, you know, Jack is just like screaming out in agony. Then he like throws up on himself. But that scene of all the blood and the crust and then the vomit, like I'm telling you, man, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the makeup effects on this one for sure. Yeah, look, the, the authenticity of Thomas Roach's performance in that was fantastic. I could imagine mm. that's what you would do if someone ripped your eyeballs out with a knife. Mm, yeah. um, and 100%. I think it was Thomas Roach's idea, he was actually eating cold mushroom soup with milk or something. I'm not too sure, but he was actually oh, God. that because he actually throws up. You can't fake that. He actually throws up. There's actually he throws up. So that came that's out him, like if like, you watch the real vomit. That's <laughs> I knew, I knew going into this movie, I knew it was gonna be special because Thomas Roach is secretly, in my mind, a professional stunt man. There are there are moments in Blood Hunt where he said um, do you know the scene where um, my car breaks down and then we have this fight and I hit him over the bottle with the head and mm-hmm. then and then I drive off and I actually run him over. 
that was his idea. He said, why don't, why don't you just run me over? And I'll, you know. <laughs> Man, good for him for committing. That's awesome. Yeah, really Thomas Roach doesn't mind the old, um, yeah, stunt. So, um, we go, so, all right, so he's, you know, ripped out his eyes, thrown up all over himself. He's in agony. And what I thought was also really cool, too, is that as when, when he cuts out both eyes, it goes black and all there's yes. nothing on the scene on the screen and you just hear what's happening around him and both matt and i were like that's really that's a fucking awesome element because I, you're just left to try to figure out what's happening just based on what you're hearing i, I thought for a second i was telling him i was like hey what if the rest of the movie's just completely dark? <laughs> and we, I was like, that'd be a creative way, but goddamn, I wouldn't be mad at it. I'm pretty sure Sam. I'm pretty sure Sam Curtin created that idea with the, mm. the the thought in his mind where if people are in the cinema, they're gonna feel really awkward. Yeah. They're gonna feel what he's. Yeah, you're gonna be really. You know those awkward moments in cinema. It's like, oh, this is awkward. Get on with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what Sam was doing there. Uh, it, it was good. He does like that it. a lot. I noticed in these films. I really see. I like those moments. I really like those ones that make you want to like look away and you're like, ah, oh, shit. I shouldn't yeah. be watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. So um, we get some cut scene of him walking um, through the fields with his. Um, uh, he he had tied he had something around tied his tied around his eyes so now it makes sense as to why he's wearing this because it's not the first time we've seen him with it on he's got no eyes, um, but it's just a long kind of there's these long um, scenes of him, you know, walking through trying to find his way out, and I thought it was with with with, with a great score as well mind you with a great score in the all of these movies yeah i was just gonna say that like just like um just the background music and stuff like that it it, it kind of delivered a lot to this scene i i really i did like this scene um it just you feel really bad for this guy at this point you're like oh, man like at, at what length do you yeah. just not not give up yeah because i mean that's the other thing too is this does he even know where he's walking and what direction? Where, like, where yeah, you know, know, he's just wandering, hoping to find something. You know, it's crazy. Well, I did speak to Thomas Roach. That you remember, there's some scenes where he's running or something, and he falls over right. some branches and trees, and I was, he, he's doing that for real. And I think he actually, um, I'm not too sure how much I'm meant to, meant to say, but um, I think he actually went to hospital after this movie. Oh man. Um, so, oh, so that um, hospital actually, scene was the real thing. <laughs> something, something, yeah, something to do with his kidneys or something. I don't know. He has oh, something man. going oh, on there, but damn, um, he's a he's a gun. Nice. Well, um, okay, so. Um, so we see him walking through this field trying to like find his way out or whatever and then it, it it shifts back to the house and what we find is that the noises we heard during that dark scene was uh ned nailing jack to the wall in like a crucifixion style nailed up to the wall and i couldn't help but think to myself you probably should have just killed them you know what i mean like stop giving yeah. people chances just kill them once did you guys not watch the other two movies? So now that we see him up on the wall, Matt and I are like, well, 
how does he get away and how does he get down? Because obviously the scene where he's got the, the thing over his eyes and he's walking through the field takes place after all this shit. And then we find out he just kind of slid off the wall, right? I mean, yeah, just kind of uh, fell no off. one's a carpenter in these movies. So he just kind of fell down and uh, he's trying to crawl around and get out. And he finds uh, Ned's rifle and he sticks it in his mouth and he's, you know, trying to pull the trigger on it. But he just kind of hesitates. That was another thing I didn't understand. Why would he leave his rifle right there? <laughs> yeah, I guess he assumed that he wasn't getting off. Yeah, I mean, you I, nail you know, a guy to the wall, you don't expect him to... I, well, I ripped out his eyeballs. Right. And then I nailed him to the wall, literally. I don't expect that he's going to get off the wall and then crawl around and find my gun. See, there's that, but... Or was it kind of like him toying with him? Like nah. giving giving him... You know what it is? Yeah, they... These two brothers, right? These two brothers, you can, it's a bit like Bloodhunt, and it's a bit like Wolf Creek as well. You notice that when, you know, Nathan, uh, when, uh, uh, what's his name, um, Thomas Roach's character is running away, he's, the bad guy's just walking around. He's just toying with him. You know, this is just fun. They've got nothing better to do. They're, they live in the outback. Um, mm. It's playtime. He yeah. leaves his gun there. He wants to have a bit of fun, I think, with this. I'm not too sure. All right. Yeah, see, that's that's how I that's how I pictured it because I thought of and and not no no not meaning to go back to the other uh, to uh, Blood Hunt, but yeah, I felt the same way with uh, Roach's character there. You know, when he's trying to when he's trying to let Claire drive off with the car and stuff, when he just sit yeah. there watching her. You know, so that's that. Yeah, I got that, that same feel. Hmm. Yeah, it makes that sense. That was a very sexist moment. Very sexist moment in the film. Yeah, <laughs> the, the old ladies weren't very happy with that in the um, in the uh, screening of that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, he comes out. So instead of killing himself, he decides to come out and try to take some action. Um, he starts running through, um, you know, some of the flatlands and ends up in, uh, you know, surrounded by trees and stuff. And he's got this gun with him. And and David Tracy's character, Ned, is just watching him, you know, run and do his thing. And, um, you know, he's kind of uh, he lets Jack get to a point where he kind of falls over and um, he he's trying to figure out where he's at. And then uh, fucking Ned like throws something at him to scare him. And immediately um, Jack starts just firing off rounds. And what I thought was cool was the way that this scene was shot because it's got Jack stationary in one position with this rifle. He's not he's moving his body like le he, he's rotating left and right trying to get these shots off. Um, but he's he's kind of in the same spot like he doesn't move from where he's at and so the camera kind of works in opposite direction of the way that he's turning to fire the gun um and i think i saw that sam was the actual cinematographer on the movie um so oh, yeah. yeah so um kudos to him because i think i think the way the aesthetic of that shot it just kind of made it more intense yeah, I did. There was yeah. a lot of these intense moments in in this movie. Actually, in in all three of them, I think, was, really did deliver. Was Sam, um, was Sam the cinematographer on all three movies? Do you know? No, 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 no. He's used um, a gentleman by the name of Luke. I can never pronounce his last name. You'll have to look at the credits. But Luke, Luke is um, is his guy. But I think with this one, um, I think he just wanted to have a crack. You know, when you're a director and you're a writer or whatever and you're a filmmaker and you're making these movies and then you get someone else to, you know, film it, there might be moments where you're like, 
oh, that's not quite how I had it visioned in my mind. Right. So I think with this one, I was like, I think he was just, I'm going to film this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go all out and film it myself. That way he can get the, 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 the image he's trying to go for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he did a good job. Yeah, I absolutely. Loved it. So, um, yes. What did you guys? What did you guys think of the the difference between Thomas Roach in Blood Hunt to this movie? I mean, wasn't it nice seeing play the, the the range? Yeah, I think that's what Matt was saying earlier yeah. is to go from this, um, you know, asshole. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah. Probably, yeah, probably one of the biggest assholes I've ever seen to being the most, <laughs> yeah, the most like innocent guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah no i thought yeah i yeah. thought it was awesome um i'm gonna ask this question <laughs> be, because i i don't know i don't want to forget it later and you're here now dean so uh, i want to throw it out there one of the things that i had mentioned to matt i don't know if it was on the podcast or not but i'd noticed that you right so your character in blood hunt was the lone survivor at the end of that movie everybody else died and then in Slaughterhouse, you are the first on-screen kill. And I couldn't help but oh, yeah. wonder if that was intentional, where, like, he was the last one to survive in the last one, and he's going to be the first one to die in the new one. Well, when you, you know when you hear a little girl giggle? I actually mentioned that to Sam, um, what you guys said, and he actually laughs because it's not, it's not the case. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not the case. There's no, there's no... Oh, um, damn it. <laughs> they, they were originally trying to create a world, but oh. with COVID and stuff, I think they've sort of diverted into making sort of different movies and stuff. And I'm pretty sure there was going to be another blood hunt um, where... Um, and then there was going to be another movie where it all sort of met I, I he said it the other day and i can't remember what he said but he said there's going to be a movie where me and um, you find out that oh who was it um uh, me and someone are brothers uh, oh um uh in in in, in uh, slaughterhouse killer you find out that me and nathan are brothers oh so if i didn't play but if i didn't play blake that would have worked right. so it, it, could, it could have been like we play brothers and then in the third movie then um, you know, I come. It's it, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying here, but yeah, I, 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 I get it. I kind of like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You take the the two the two um, protagonists of both films and then put them together in one epic ending. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's why I tried to make myself look different. I did put on a little bit of weight, uh, and I did it for the movie. I did. Okay, nice. Can you see nice, where I am? Nice. I did yeah. right now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but Sam Sam just, he, he actually cut my hair for the film and he got a razor or whatever it was and he just did it like crazy. My hair was all crazy. And he just said every single scene, stick your gut out as far as you can and just stick it out. And and that's probably why I looked extra fat um, <laughs> because I was trying to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, good job. Yeah. Pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, and I did and I did do my own stunts. You did ask a question, like, I wonder if Dean, that scene where um, Box kicks the door down and I fly back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We did yeah. talk that about that. That too, by the way. I, <laughs> I did actually fly back. Um, and nice. And um, he then he cut my head off <laughs> from the top. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. yeah. But, but a little a little something that you don't know about James Mason, um, he's actually a bit of a soapy star here in Australia. Oh, you were he's telling a, me. Yeah, he worked on a he worked on a soap here, which I also worked on myself. And Margot Robbie was in it. 
So yours truly, Martin, you know Margot Robbie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course you know Margot Robbie. Barbie. <laughs> Who doesn't? You've seen Barbie, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> but, yeah, so, that's, so James Mason is from that soapy world. That's he's, awesome. That's, that's where he's – he's been working on that show for five or six years. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot, lot so of the people on all, the, all these projects. So, and, and I think Carly Williams actually worked on it as well. So it's one of those soapies that sort of everyone works on it. So Carly's worked on it. I worked on it. Um, James Mason's worked on it. But, that's awesome. Um, we always wondered why Thomas Roach isn't sort of doing more acting, you know? Like, he he's a bloody good actor. He should be out there a bit more. Yeah. Thomas yeah, Roach. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that the, the vomiting was real, it just it makes it even better because I thought that was good. There's, there's a couple scenes, especially um, kind of, Towards the just, end, I think, where just, he's crying, he's got like all the snot coming yeah, out just, of his nose, just and the, just the uh, the desperation in him, like was, it was well put out there. Like yeah. he, well, let's be honest. I mean, he stole the show in Blood Hunt. I mean, he was he. he oh, I feel yeah. like he stole the show in Blood Hunt. It was it was a nasty. Nasty piece of work. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I think I said that like right from the beginning in that cold open, where you know we see the the POV of him, you know, attacking this girl. It's like you immediately understand. You just look at his his face and the way his hair is cut and what he's doing with this girl. Like you know, this is like one of the most scariest realistic monsters and he's going to be like that throughout the entirety of the movie. And that's exactly what he was. There was no moment where he let up off the gas in being an asshole and a scary monster. He, he, he just all the way through was awesome. So again, to, to your guys's point to see him here, um, being a, you know, soft, lovable, vulnerable guy. And then we, you know, we get scenes of him and his wife and in bed and, you know, they're figuring out their life circumstances and just like, it's just complete, like just day and night, uh, difference between the, the two movies and the two characters, mm -hmm. but he does it. He does it fantastically. Should we tell the audience why they actually, why they were there? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, let, yeah, yeah, let's, let's like, get to the that The audience point. are probably like, why, why, were, why, why were they there I in, know. in this farm? <laughs> well, hey, we had to figure that out, right, as we're, we were watching it. So just like us, the audience needs a little bit of time to, to learn it. Um, but anyways, uh, so so he doesn't shoot. Uh, so he's he's in the middle of this field shooting. He doesn't get it. Um, and the guy the guy comes, Ned comes Ned, and he's all like, "You fired six shots." So it was like he was waiting for him to you know feel like he was gonna escape. And he comes right, in, right. he grabs him, brings him back to a hole he's been digging, which is probably one of the most perfectly dug like makeshift graves yeah. i've ever yeah. seen in my life and it was it was funny to me that he gave him um a choice because he was like i'm gonna have you dig your own grave oh yeah well, he was actually, like why am i doing this he, shit? well ned had told him like you know if you don't settle down i'm gonna kill you and he's like just just kill me like i'm done already just kill me and he's like no no not yet and so then he tells uh jack like i want you to dig your own grave and immediately i thought to myself fuck all that if you're gonna torture me and kill me the last thing i'm gonna do is dig my own grave so you do it but then he uh ned tells him i'll make a deal with you if you dig your own hole i will eventually let somebody know that you're here or or you don't and all of your family and your friends will always wonder what happened to you. No one will ever know. No one will ever find you. Like, do you really want your family to go through all that? 
or would you like them to have some kind of closure? So either you dig your own hole and your family gets closure or you don't and they don't. And this, and this goes down the road of Sam Curtin love of true crime. That's uh, yeah. That's why yeah, I brought that up. I was like, God damn, this guy is a fan of true crime. Yeah. He's gotta be. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've watched those true crime um shows. They're fucking creepy. And you know, it's it's I don't know if you've watched them, but there's some creepy shows out there where yeah. they investigate true crime and you know, there are murders that are unsolved because these bodies are, you know, buried somewhere, no one knows where the fuck they are. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Especially if you're in a slaughterhouse, you know, you wouldn't, you know. But um, one thing I liked about the Ned character is sometimes you thought that he was actually going to be, you know, sympathetic and nice, but then he, he's like, no, fuck this. He came but off he just that was way. A, still a, prick, a trick. It's so yeah, he funny. came like, oh, hang on, maybe. And that was clever from Sam because us as audience, we want we want him to get out. We want him to get out. Right. Yeah. Um, but there was no getting out. It's, <laughs> it's amazing to me that you bring up that point at this point of the movie that we're talking about, because it is in this scene where he throws the wife in the hole with, uh, with Jack, where well, I realized like he, this guy, I thought he was like cool in some spots or he, maybe he would have a change of heart, like you said, and, and him just the way he effortlessly just throws the wife in the hole and was like done with it i was well, like man these guys are fucking asshole man more, more to it than, than that like i mean like because when you first saw him he was very sympathetic to his needs you know he he seemed very apt to to, to help him out and stuff and like in this scene when when there are the dialogue in that scene when uh when uh um, oh god what's his name uh roach uh was yeah. was talking to 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 ned um like yeah it seemed like he was actually getting through to him a little bit mm -hmm. he's all you already pretty much fucked my life up i can't see you can't just drop me me and her on the side of the road somewhere and stuff like that just mm -hmm. let us go and stuff like that and there was that split moment you're like there's there's silence but you're like maybe he's thinking about it <laughs> yeah, and maybe thinking about it. And I'll tell you something. There's a little something that you, you forgot about. Mm. One of the last things that um, Thomas Roach's character saw was uh, Ned's mother, who was sick in the house, and right. she didn't speak or anything like that. So, so Thomas Roach's character was familiar that there was a lady in the house who was the mother who was on like a drip or something. She was quite sick. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think uh, Ned had there even was a said mother something. In the house? Yeah, I, I think Ned had even said something that like uh, family is everything or something like that earlier in the movie too. But yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah, I, I didn't remember uh, Roach's character seeing seeing her, but um, yeah, because yeah. Ned was like, "Come into the house. My mom is in there. Don't be rude. You know, say hello or whatever." Yeah. And I he think, walked in and he saw her, but he didn't say anything she, she to her. Comes in, she comes into the story a little bit later too. Yeah, she right, comes back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he ends. So so Ned ends up burying Jack alive with uh, his wife there, and then we get a cutscene of you know some more backstory of uh, Jack and Rachel in their apartment, and they're. You know, he can't sleep and he's making food at like 3 a.m. And she comes to talk to him and uh, they're talking about making a choice that's going to like give them a fresh start and kind of help them get set up. And so this is where you start to realize, like, you know, maybe there's having there's some problems there, you know, 
they went to that farm for a particular reason, right? Because we see them talking about them having a fresh start, and then we know that they're at the farm eventually. And then it it gives us it connects those two lines for us where they show up to the farm. Here's a dude that beats his ass at the beginning, yep, right? And yep, then yep. we're trying to figure out, okay, what what are they talking about? What and. And that's why this film is that's why this film is so tricky to talk about right now because it does jump back and back forth, back yeah, and forth. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's a bit tricky. Mm, but they were there too. Why, why were they there? They were there too. Well, immediately I thought maybe they're going to buy the property, right? And you know, maybe the you know, I, I don't know. I, I know they were going to buy into something the country. off of them, but and then um, when he when he was asking like hey you're you're the guy right and he's like oh like are you here for like trailer parts or something and he's like no we're here for something else i'm i've been around enough people where i knew exactly i was at that moment i was like okay they're there to buy drugs and that's exactly they're there to buy drugs. yeah that's exactly yeah. exactly what happened and it was it was funny cuz immediately that that big guy um is like give me your cell phones. And then he puts them in the car and has them blindfold themselves. And I was telling Matt, there is no way I would ever just hand over my cell phone to somebody, let alone agree to put a cover over my face and let you drive me to God knows where. And then when we get to the house, um, tell me to go upstairs. Like I, all, I mean, I understand you're in this position and you can't back out. Like it is what it is. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know the, the idea of like being in that position just kind of sucks in general. And I know like, I don't know, I don't want to speak for all drug dealers, but, uh, some people do it cause they enjoy it. And some people do it because they have no choice or they find it as a means to an end. I need to make some quick cash. Let me sell some drugs. I'm desperate in that sense. So, I have to kind of go along with whatever is happening here because um, it's 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 going to be something that's going to help me kind of get out of the position that I'm in. I um, think it's just you know this guy's going to make money whatever whichever way he's going to do it and stuff. But yeah, 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 he seems to be cooking it upstairs and stuff. And that's that's when I realized oh this has got to be like meth or something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's a good way. That's a good way. That question that you asked earlier about the synopsis. To answer that question now that we can talk about it because we're this far into the movie, mm. is that a young couple go to a farm to go get some drugs. They've heard about a guy that sells drugs. He's got a meth lab. And when he finds out that they only want $20,000 worth of drugs or whatever it is, he's like, fucking wasting my time. This is like petty. When he actually said that, when Thomas Roach said a 20 I actually laughed. I thought it's for $20 worth of drugs. <laughs> I thought he's gone there for $20 worth of drugs. Because <laughs> he actually doesn't say 20000 He goes, can I get a 20 Can you give well, me a 20 Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. I think he started um, with the 10000 I think he then, said 10000 And then uh, he was like, no, you're holding 250000 Well, he didn't say thousand. He just said, you're holding 250 Like, I'm not going to waste my time with ten. So then he was like, well, can we do 20 and the wife was like we don't got that shit and he's like hey come down come down. So then, but, yeah. yeah so then he beats so he beats beats him up and then obviously the girl falls back and hits her head or something like that she's unconscious on the ground and then obviously thomas roach um accidentally kills him doesn't he he accidentally kills the the big guy at the start of the movie yeah which mm -hmm. means that tracy's character is the brother and now he's full obviously circle. after murder yeah full, yeah full full circle yeah um, 
Yeah. That was that was the bulk of the story right there. That was, that was just that little point right there. And like like you said, yeah, that's why I didn't want to tap into the synopsis too much because yeah. you know. Yeah, I gotcha. That's that's kind of how the movie was presented to us and stuff. Yeah. I really really liked how how they went with that. Um, kind of mystery until uh, uh, until it uh, it all comes together and stuff and yeah. I mean, but really, but really, Tracy's character, Ned, the, the Ned character, is pretty much like Dean. He's like Dean in Bloodhunt. He's he's out for revenge now because Dean's um, Claire just got murdered by these right. guys. Mm-hmm. So now Thomas Roach once again <laughs> is the murderer, <laughs> and you know they're after him and wants to wants to make even with him. You just killed my fucking brother, right? Mm. Yeah. So we come out of the uh, the backstory there, and then um, uh, Jack had pulled himself out of that grave and is on the prowl. You know, he's he's walking through. You know, there's these long shots of him just walking and you know falling asleep no, on I... some rocks and just like he's just in the middle of fucking nowhere. And what I thought was awesome. Um, are these, you know, Sam has used drone shots in all of the movies, which I all, I was just telling yeah. Matt last night, I think drones are one of the best things that have happened to movies in the last couple of years because well, it just so, gives you they're so readily such available a different now. perspective yeah. and, and just broadens the horizons literally. And so you just see all these drone shots of this farm and this the outback and it's just La- landscape. flat and empty and there's no... I I would absolutely lose it because I wouldn't if I couldn't see I have no idea what direction I'm going in what is in front of me you know and he just keeps trucking on um until he finds uh the house he -hmm. finds uh Ned's house I don't think he uh realized it immediately but you know as he finds the door and he walks in and he is hearing um the grandmother because she's or, or uh, the mom who's there uh in the chair she's got oxygen john she, I, I think he understands where he is and um he ends up finding a knife and i thought that he was gonna kill ned's yes. mother yes I, I thought that as well and i thought and it was good that he didn't because then we're kind of like oh that was a bit mean come on mate yeah a little off character but, for and, him and right? eye for an eye and eye for an eye that's what i thought that's it true that's true <laughs> or what if it there's, was another, there's, there's something you haven't touched on yet there's something you haven't touched on yet one of the most important things in this movie is an animal do you remember oh, the that dog yeah the dog yeah, the dog yeah there's a dog there's a dog in the film and it's it's ned's dog is it i think it's ned's dog i believe so but we don't know that we don't know that. Um, and that dog is actually by Roach's side while he's out in the, you know, in the woods with no eyes or whatever. And it's actually quite a nice touching moment. If you have a dog, you know that that is quite an emotional moment. So it's a good touch by Sam putting that in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah, had, a, he had a bit of company. Friend. He had yeah. a bit of company out there in the middle of nowhere. And then when he had lost the dog. It was also an emotional moment because he's like, "Oh fuck, now I'm by myself again." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where where'd you go? It's like Tom Hanks <laughs> with the volleyball. Yeah, Wilson. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wilson. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then, and then there's that moment when he just I'm just coming back to that bit that you're at to uh, I think the dogs on the outside and he then he realizes shit this must be the house because the dogs here again. Right. Yeah. I think that's what happens. But he's he now knew. inside. It, it, yeah, 100%. And so it was nice to see that he didn't kill the grandmother because, again, I thought that would have been a little – or the mother. I thought that would have been a little off character. But 
Um, I he, was thinking, I was thinking that he was gonna accidentally stab her, right? Oh. That, that he was thinking it was gonna be his guy, and he stabs her, and now this guy realizes that his mom got killed. Yeah, his brother got killed. He's gonna, he's gonna open him up. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, one, one thing I love, one thing I loved about what Sam did with the with the with the mother. Sorry to cut in there, no, but no. he had a lot of close-ups of her eyes. She obviously couldn't speak. She's had a stroke or something, and. We don't know what she was thinking, but I think she was thinking like, you've got to get out of here. My fucking, my sons are crazy. Get out of here. My sons are crazy. Or what the fuck? You're killing my family and right in front of my eyes. And it's, it was actually quite good that she didn't talk. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Very I, got, clever. I got that exact, uh, that exact thought. Like when uh, the second part where you said like, like, why the fuck are you killing my family? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, please leave him alone. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> even though, even though your face is, face is beaten to a pulp and shit. So, so Matt and I had a little bit of a back and forth um, in this scene because instead of killing the mother, he ends up hearing someone in the shower. We don't see who it is. We just see a silhouette through a shower curtain, and ro um, uh, Jack runs over there and just starts stabbing the shit out of whoever's in that shower and the person falls and the shower uh, curtain is draped over them you just see all this blood which we thought was pretty cool and i i told matt i don't think that was ned like i i was like what if that wasn't him right because i felt like in the we, shower we intentionally did not get to see who was behind that curtain so I felt like maybe they were trying to hide the fact that it's not Ned. Maybe it was going to be somebody else, but um, you were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, also, I was wrong. I, I, had I, was bring the... I was. I was under the impression it was him. I was under the impression it was him because Me you too. didn't really. You can't really do that in a movie if you haven't really introduced any other characters. Like if there was a, another brother in the corner that didn't speak or whatever, you probably could have used it. But there was no. They got to introduce that character in order for that to work earlier on. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. Because yeah. otherwise, people would be like, where did this fucking guy come from? Yeah. <laughs> this is a, yeah. a, a, an abandoned farm with, mm. you know, like a mother and a couple of boys or whatever that live here. Where did this guy come from? Yeah, true yeah. that. True, true that. And also, I, I happen to think about this as we were talking about it. So, then, you know, as he stabbed him in the shower, I just realized every one of these movies has like multiple, you know, you know like in incredibly long stabbing scenes, you know, where it's just multiple stabs, stab, 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 stab. Yeah, vi violent stabbings. Yeah, for sure. And you know what I like? Uh, I like the stabbings because it's more... Um, it's more intimate, right? You have to be close. Well, that's, that's what I mean. I, to someone, I, like you, must anybody, a... could shoot anybody. That's not a problem. But when you, when you take the the when you decide to like stab somebody, you have to be close, and it's it's a little bit methodical. And um, you know, then like with uh, you in Blood Hunt, where you're stabbing Heath in the face twenty times, or here, um, and then well, and then uh, on on Slaughterhouse. He was Box the one stabbed was multiple killing, yeah. times. You yeah, know? you got stabbed in the face a bunch of times. So, and... so there's more to it than stabbing. There's, there's a lot more to it than stabbing. What Sam Curtin's trying to show in that scene, which Thomas Roach did beautifully, mm. and uh, where I stabbed Thomas Roach at the end of Blood Hunt, you know, is how um, determined we are. And, like, fuck you. Like, yeah. you, you can see it in his face. 
Not any But what he just did to Thomas Roach, what Ned did, there's a lot of anger in that stabbing because you just stole my eyes. You fucking killed my girlfriend. You know, there's so many things that he's, right. he beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same as how I felt when I stabbed Thomas Roach. You just killed my missus. You raped her and killed her. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and just on the knife thing, dude, I won't go off too quickly, but you guys were talking about Blood Hunt and how I grabbed that knife and stabbed Heath in the dick with it. Yep. The reason why I did it, because you said, I think you said, why didn't you just fucking kill him? Like, just kill him. And I had a moment of like, where I was going to hit him with the shovel. And I'm like, I had a moment of thought of like, right. fuck you. You said to Mike, because remember, I was I was on barbed wire. I was I was yeah, watching yeah. him right there in right, front of me. Right. And he said, have you ever been fucked by a knife? Right yes. in front of me. So in my moment there, that's me, my subtext going, have you ever been fucked by a knife? And that's the knife that's behind me. And I'm going to go and get it. And I'm going to stab you in the fucking ass. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It worked perfectly too. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. good. So good. I, yeah. I, I but it's the same as with what Roach did in this scene. He's stabbing with all that. There's so much going on in that moment mm. in his subtext. Yeah. He's, he's basically just like letting it all out. You know, he's, he, everything that he's taken on throughout the entirety of the movie, all the, all the beatings he took, the eyes getting ripped out, his wife being murdered in front of him. Like it's just all coming out in that, in that stabbing there in the shower. I really did feel bad for those people. They did not belong in that world at all. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, man. Uh, yeah. And then what he, so, so he kills Ned and, and then, you know, he leaves he he leaves the place, but then we're we're thinking there's still like, you know, fifteen minutes left of the movie. Right. We even broke, uh, you know, about ten minutes early. We we paused it to ha- have breakfast, um, and we're like, okay, there's still quite a bit of runtime left in this movie. But he already killed then, the bad then, guy. But then, as he's walking away, he finally gets saved by another giant man. There's yeah, another giant yeah, man yeah. who saved him. Isn't that lovely? Isn't yeah, that lovely? Yeah. Did you have in your mind that I knew was a something when was he got up with it. Where I thought I knew the way something. he physically took him out of it, picked him up. You see him how he picked him up and put him in the car? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, this guy's way there's too nice. There's two ways you could look at that. It's either he picked him up, put him in the car, like he needs this guy needs to get to the hospital, or that was very violent the way he picked him up, put him in the car. Yeah. Yeah, it, it reminded me of um, House of a Thousand Corpses, you know, at the end where uh, the one girl gets away and then C- Captain Spaulding had picked her up on the side of the road and then you've got uh, Otis in the backseat. I, I, we we could kind of tell because as he's walking up, as uh, Roach is walking up that road, that car is like speeding not, it's not him. slowing down. So <laughs> we thought, thought he was going to run over him. Yeah. And that's why <laughs> I even I even thought in that moment too, I thought I was still right about that not being Ned in the shower and that maybe this is Ned in the car and he's just going to fucking run over. Um, uh, he's going to run over Thomas Roach's character, but it, he doesn't. And he stops. There's a moment where Thomas Roach is walking down the street. A car pulls up. A lovely big man grabs him and then takes him to hospital. And the moment of like, he's saved. He's in hospital. And everything is roses, and he's getting looked after by the the nurses, and that's where we're at now in the film. Right. Mm. Yeah. And I and I knew. Um, so as soon as the car stopped, and 
that dog that the one that we were talking about earlier got out yeah. and i was like oh nope that it's 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 no this is gonna be bad but then it transitions to hit um jack being in the hospital and being attended to and getting his wounds bandaged up and i was like okay that's awesome that he actually found somebody that you know went and took him to the hospital and he's you know it's going to recover now and there's still a few minutes left in the movie so maybe somebody comes for him at the hospital right and kind of starts all over again or something and then what what do we find out well we find out that it was all bullshit right he's well, actually what we, what, what we find out is that he's actually just thinking that he, that's day, what day he's dreaming. hoping that yeah, well, yeah i mean because it was hard for me to determine that too i mean i did think that but then the way this movie was jumping the timelines i thought that there was going to be something else to it for a second mm. yeah yeah so it, it did have me confused but then yeah ultimately very quickly i realized oh no he was just he was reaching out for anything, you know, he was, right. it, it was, it was his hopes, yeah. you know, he's all like, this guy's here to save me. Yeah. And he was just daydreaming about being at that hospital and being saved and stuff when the reality is much different. And then, um, so it comes back to reality and they're still in the car and they're driving and we get this another aerial shot from the drone and we see in the back of the car are the two bodies of the two brothers so immediately we're like this has got to be a third brother yeah, like you oh, called man that like, you called that i was like goddamn, this is a big family now it is and like it's so unlucky that he keeps running into the same fucking family but also at the same time it's the only house and family in that area so like who else are you gonna run into and now you know? we realize he just had bad fucking luck dude and just so you know for, for the audience that are listening you know it is called beaten to death for a reason. Both of the, the first <laughs> yeah. two guys have absolutely beaten the shit out of him. You know, when someone punches you, it hurts. These oh, guys yeah. punch him about a hundred times each. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that we kind of didn't really discuss all that much in well, the description because yeah. every step of the way, like in almost every scene where uh, Jack uh, Thomas Roach is in with the brothers, they are it's it's just a scene of him getting the shit beat out of him by one of these big burly guys and and yeah it's just a non-stop just fucking onslaught of beatings for this guy that's why i somewhere midway through the movie i remember looking at you know uh, looking at jack going like man of all these beatings you know of, of all that beating he's taken his body must fucking hurt <laughs> that shit must hurt so bad <laughs> right and then he just gets even more yeah. At the end. Yeah. So uh, so um here at the end, um, you know, we're in this open field and Jack is walking away and he's talking to his wife, he's talking to his parents, he's like I, I can't believe you guys are here. I'm 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 glad I made it. And I, at first I was like, I think he's like thinks he's dead and talking to dead people, right? I got the impression his parents are dead because his wife is dead and he knows that. And so if he's talking to her and he's talking to them, they must all be dead. And, and sure enough, it's kind of, you know, showing, um, him kind of just walk away his and day. he walks right into the arms of this third brother. And this third brother just fucking takes this knife, <laughs> stabs him in the gut, literally rips his guts out. Right. It's just hanging. It's just there on the floor. Um, and then he throws him to the floor and he just starts 
punching him in the face and it's just this aerial drone shot of the camera coming up and this guy just fucking punching jack in the face and then um i think we um had found out that uh jack was imagining i think it shows us that he died because he's in the hospital bed surrounded by his parents and his wife and it's all angelic and everything and i think that's kind of how the movie closes out i thought that it, i maybe i'm wrong I, I thought it like closed out as the guy's just pummeling him and stuff i was uh, like well yeah maybe maybe it was that, one was before like, the other but that's a good way to end this movie yeah and and like our boy said here it literally is beaten to death yeah yeah oh <laughs> you know it's, it's stuck true to the title yeah it did. and you know what I, I was telling i was telling my boy paul here i was like i think the only thing uh sam could have done more perfectly is show that big title card again for that spot <laughs> right, right as he's beating him yeah that would have been him, awesome yeah close it out with the title card one more time yeah that would <laughs> just been cool. to remind you <laughs> this guy was beaten to death yeah that that was a good movie man yeah, all of them have uh, been yeah i have not been disappointed with any of these uh, movies so far i i wanted i, I wanted to say this i just you know what i saw a very good progression i liked each one better and better as they went on and stuff I mean, I didn't even dislike any of them, but like, I just, I saw how it, it was just impressive. Yeah. I saw the yeah. growth. I definitely saw I, the growth. I, yeah. I really wanted to see it in the theaters or the cinemas here. Um, but when it came out, um, there, I mean, even, so we're not too far from Los Angeles. And so when a movie comes out that doesn't have a large following um, or is more of like a, a foreign film in this case, you can often find um, very specialized cinemas in Los Angeles that will show these movies, but no, no one was showing it. Cause I remember it came out in September of this year and I was looking for it everywhere. Cause I, I, I wanted to see it in the theater and no, yeah. nobody played it. So as soon as it became uh, available on digital, uh, I got it. So. And, and that's why it kills me. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but it, it just kills me when I see these movies on YouTube or on uh, Charlie's Farms played on television so many times, and the the heart and soul's been ripped out of it because they yeah. they literally cut, um, you know, right before the awesome blood yeah, death scenes, you yeah. know, and the killings, and it's, I, it's, I, it's I, annoying. Yeah, I think I'd made a mention uh, during our Blood Hunt review of their being a watered down version of the movie uh, i think um, yeah. there was like a there was a something about like a special version in germany where it's got like you know all of the you know kill scenes and things like that so matt and i weren't sure exactly which version we got but it sounds like we saw the the good version right because we Oh, saw you stabbing him in the like it doesn't show it obviously but it you know you see it from the side and you see that and you see you're you know stabbing heath in the face 20 times and the, i i didn't see anything in that version of the movie that made me think that we were watching the edited version but there was a part of me was like if there is another version that is more grittier than this i would love to see that one but i think i think we got the good version on that one yeah, absolutely yeah and then um yeah. Callie had mentioned too that um, there was a version of the movie on YouTube as well, um, and then I did see it there after I saw that note. But yeah, man, I, that's why I like. Um, there's there's a small theater by my house. I live in this very like two two stop town. Like it's just two stops, and then that's it. And they have a single the um, 
the, they have a theater with a single um, screen. Um, it's like a playhouse almost, and it's being renovated at the moment. And I want to go and introduce myself to the owners and see if we can start doing movie screenings there because I can totally see advertising like, you know, for the podcast, like, hey, we're going to screen this, you know, beaten to death or blood hunt or slaughterhouse killer, you know, $5 tickets come out, you know, have a yeah. good time. What Like, because those movies are so much more enjoyable when the lights are out, when the sound is up, when you immerse yourself in that story versus like, Oh, it's a commercial. I'm going to go to the bathroom or I'm going to go get something to drink and then I'll come back. Like you don't, you don't get, you're not as invested in it and it doesn't have the same effect. Well, you know, I think what works with what you're saying is um, Sam Sam Curtin, he, he becomes very close with his cast and with his crew. So you're not filming a movie with some big budget people. You, you're filming a movie with a friend. Right. And I've done some movies with, you know, the bigger budgets and stuff, and it's it's not there's a lot more you gotta dot the uh, I's and cross the T's. Sure. Whereas with Sam, you, you're not fucking around, but you can fuck around a little bit more. And when you do that, you're a lot more confident. And you can, you know, do things that are, you know, yeah. so, uh, and plus, you know, me and, me and Carly Williams, we, we became pretty close on that film as well. So it was a good connection there. Um, I can tell you a whole heap of stories about, you know, her. She was great. She was That's brilliant. Awesome. She, um, she was great to work with. I, you know, you know, when she dies in my arms and I'm on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Carly, Carly and I come from really different acting backgrounds really different acting background she's she's come from a, a a teacher um peter carlos where i come from more of a howard fine teacher and she really wanted to rehearse that scene and rehearse it and i'm not one for rehearsals i'm mm-hmm. not a fan mm-hmm. and the night before shooting that death scene she really wanted to rehearse it and they knocked on my door with sam i'm like guys i'm not rehearsing that scene <laughs> i mean i can't i just i'm tired and i'm not rehearsing that scene let's do it tomorrow i was a bit of a dick maybe <laughs> But she really wanted to rehearse that scene. And then when we did that scene, which I later found out two years that Sam had a little cry when he watched that from afar, <laughs> he had a little fear. Um, I found out that, uh, sorry, so uh, Carly, who, Claire, she looked at me in the eye and she says, thank you. I'm glad we didn't rehearse that. That was one of the best scenes I've ever been a part of. That yeah. was so much fun. Yeah. And, that's, yeah, that's and I'm not awesome. saying that's right or wrong, but in that moment, I'm just so glad that we didn't rehearse it and lose this, lose the spark. Yeah, what, you bring a level of authenticity, it. you know, it just it's more emotional that way instead of it feeling rehearsed I'm, and forced. Well, I mean, it, it, it always depends, but I did like the route that you went with that because it, it just, yeah, it was just like right there at the moment. You just got to get it right or not, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, big Hollywood movies and stuff like that. They 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 will just uh, keep rehearsing stuff, rehearsing stuff. That's what I like about these movies. They're kind of like, let's just shoot this movie and see what happens, kind of thing. You know, right? And uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you. I'm sure you guys threw a lot of uh, your own, um, y- your own kind of thing into these movies and stuff. I I can see that a lot, and you can definitely tell that there's a. There's a friend's vibe in these movies for yeah, sure. Yeah, 
everyone kind of backs each other and stuff. And I think well, that's what uh, I, will, I, will, I will. I will say that Ben Ben made who played um he Bal, what do you call him um Ball uh, Balrog Balrog Balrog. We we didn't see eye to eye. He, I think he actually did go method. So he didn't want to borrow me. He didn't talk to me. He didn't want nothing to do with me. We didn't talk and hang out or anything. So. And we haven't spoken really since the movie wrapped. So he's just, he went down that road. Wow. And um, yeah, so that's probably why it looks so good, that scene. Nice. Because <laughs> we just didn't, um, and it was annoying because we actually shot that, that scene where I stabbed him in the dick. We actually shot that and then came back a year later and reshot it. Oh, so interesting. With it. So he flew the actors back in. Yeah, he flew the actors back in, and we reshot that whole scene. And thank God we did because it really looks. I love it. It's it's one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Nice. Um, I like to see that. The first thing. <laughs> hey, you need to come back. We well, gotta stab first... you in the dick again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I think I did stab him in. But the first one was a bit weird. I'm on his back, and he's oh. swinging me around. I'm on his back, and I'm trying to. And it was just a bit weird. And yeah, so. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing to me from a creative perspective how you what we see as an audience and and a final um you know product is actually a byproduct of two different two it is a year apart from each other right this scene is made up of you know we shot some of this in one year and then we shot some of this in another year and we edited it together to make it just look like one seamless scene and you know um the continuity of like the clothing and the makeup and all that stuff so like i, I don't know i'm just i'm i like to geek out a little bit on the creative yeah. process right um you should see what it's like watching the, these movies with this guy <laughs> he's pointing out everything I, so i really like the angle of this shot and stuff like yeah. that yeah <laughs> well it's, it's, i, I mean yeah just so you have some context dean um when we started our podcast um originally we were doing it on youtube as a video podcast and it was i i wanted to do it that way because i was um at the time just getting like teaching myself editing because i was um working on a little project so i'm watching all these youtube videos on how to use final cut pro and davinci resolve and you know how, how to you know light a scene and do all these things and after working with um i don't know if you know any like uh directing uh, not directing but editing programs and stuff but after working with those programs and using you know how you color grade stuff and how you use LUTs and like how you really shape a scene it gave me a different respect for the editing process because you can go and you can put anything on film but then when you go to edit it and you put music behind it and sound effects and you change the color and you change the tempo and all this and it just turns into something magical so to watch the final product and to see you know these shots where they're panning in or the light coming in or to to my point earlier which is uh you know the the makeup effects in all these movies like i understand all of the work that goes into making those things happen. Yeah. And it just gives me such a deeper respect for everyone involved in the movie making process, not just the actors yeah. who deliver a good performance, but the editors, the cinematographers, the lighting, the grit, all that. There, shit, there's always dude. a lot. So of, awesome. There's man. always a lot of heroes behind the scenes. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, her name, her name was Mel Cooper who did the makeup for mm -hmm. all the movies and she was beautiful. And you've got to be, you know, you're spending a couple hours a day with them, you know, in the chair while they're doing the makeup. Yeah. Um, 
So you've got to be just as good friends with them as you are with the the, the DOP because yeah. he's going to make you look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you just we just um, we actually we actually knew that this was going to be a good movie. We for a long time we thought we had a really good second half of the movie, and the the, the first half of the movie was uh, need a bit of work. And we actually did have a meeting where we were going to go back and reshoot all of the opening stuff. We're going to. Have, I think I think they were going to throw some more sex in there and make it a bit more um, not not so lengthy the dialogue and 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 not not so boring as some of those long dialogue mm. scenes in the car. Um, but it, we never got around to it. And that was Carly's idea. Carly came up with the idea like let's reshoot some of this stuff mm. and um, and you know and you know we were all sort of on board with it. But I think you know money time sure getting yeah. all the cast yeah. I also uh, I also had noticed that um, I mean from from Blood Hunt to uh, the other films we just watched well actually from Blood Hunt to uh, to Slaughterhouse Killer um, very different as far as like the narrative goes right I mean you got you got one movie that's just pretty much like it kind of gets straight into it and then then uh, when you get to Slaughterhouse Massacre. It had a lot more story than I would have really thought, you know. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I couldn't help but think like I, I feel like uh, Sam was kind of, um, going deeper into it. You know what I mean? Like he was, he, he wanted to tell a story this time rather than just kind of jump into it, right? Situation, yeah. So I think I, I like Blood Hunt, as a like a situation, right? It's just. Like there's not a story there necessarily, I mean there is, but there isn't, right? It's, it's just one that's been it's just an encounter. Before, yeah. I mean, it's just an, an encounter, right? This not this, this isn't the story of Dean and Claire, right? It's just it's a revenge movie. Oh, hundred percent, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Right. It's just a, it's just a, a, them showing us this fucked up situation that people have to navigate through. So. But then, to your point, Slaughterhouse Killer is more of the story of this guy and, you know, these two guys becoming friends and bonding and, you know, yeah. pushing each other's limits and things like that. So, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah but Mel, Co- Mel, Mel Cooper was just fantastic. I mean, do you remember yeah. the scene where I had barbed wire wrapped around my neck? Yeah. I mean, she made she made that. That's so the Mel, awesome. The, the makeup so. artist made that. It's just, it's just a bit of string with fake-looking barbed wire. <laughs> it wasn't real. I even told Matt. And, 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 and the beer, the beer bottle that I smashed over yeah. Uh, yeah. Eli's head, that's actually um, not real. Oh, it's like a candy class or something, right? Yeah, they make it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, fun yeah. fucking doing that too, by the way. That was very fun doing that. <laughs> I love doing that. <laughs> you, you know, like ever wanted to smack I, a beer bottle over someone's head? I kind of, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you you were like you know what? I didn't get that right. Let me do it again. <laughs> well, it's kind of like it's kind of like you roll over and you say to your wife, and she's like, "Oh, what are you doing today for work? Uh, gonna smash a beer bottle over someone's yeah. head. That should be fun. <laughs> Maybe roll a car. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where the night takes us. <laughs> That's awesome. I just like how you got seriously scalped in that movie, dude. <laughs> Slaughterhouse Killer. That, oh yeah, that scalp. I didn't understand. Yeah, I did say to Sam, I said, "Hang on a minute." So he's cutting my head off from the top. Like I'm trying to work it out. So he's going to cut my head off like that. There's a tr- it was a trophy. Yeah, it was a trophy yeah, for, for yeah. Nathan for his first kill. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. It was great. 
I want to talk more about it, but I guess I, I know I could sit here we're, and I we're, we're man, already... we could talk to you all fucking day, man. <laughs> yeah, so Dude, cool this for has you been for joining fun. on. I just want to say, man, this this has been a fun ride altogether. You know. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, man. I'm so thankful that you were able to join for us. I'm so excited to talk to you more, you know, collectively with Sam Absolutely. as a group. And, you know, I have so much that I, w I would love to ask you that maybe we can um, figure out a day and time where we just, you know, we'll do an episode on Dean Kirkwright, you know, just and do a proper. I would, love, I would really love you to watch Charlie's Farm and, and, oh, and do, do it, it and, and check it out. It's one of those movies that sort of, uh, it was a bit of a hit and a miss and never really got the right marketing. I'm not too sure, but it didn't, it, it's, as, as it needed more love than what it got, yeah. I think, because it was a, a okay. good, good fun. It had Stephen Boyle that was attached to that movie doing the, the special effects, and he's done some big ones. If you Google Stephen Boyle later on, he's done some rippers. And, um, yeah, it was just fun yeah. to be in a movie like that. Yeah, you, Tara Reid, Bill Mosley. I mean, yeah, it's – yeah, and, and Chris I – had, I had a poster of Tara Reid on my locker. And I, I told her that it was a bit weird, but I actually had a poster of her on my fucking locker as a kid, and, and here I am working, working with her in a movie. That was just so weird. That's, that's, that's dope, insane, yeah. man. That's insane. I know we we have those moments too, right? We um, we've kind of um, befriended um, Alan Danzinger. If you don't know that name, um, he is. Um, one of the main characters from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's it's uh, weird to, I mean, and, and that's all possible through this platform. So it's weird and amazing and still just kind of unimaginable that like, you know, just two years ago, we're just a couple of guys who love these movies. And now here we are talking to the people who actually make them and, you know, developing I, relationships with them. And mainly it's just th crazy. Thanks to this guy because he's a social media guy. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I didn't know either. I just <laughs> jump right into it and just figure it out from there but, so you know we've been reaching out to people and it's cool and we get to meet people like you and stuff like yeah, that man. this is truly one of the greatest moments i've had on this podcast yeah, right here 100 yeah, you know cool. 100 really appreciate it but if you do watch the movie hopefully you get a good version because i know that's been cut up and hopefully you find a version out there that's right. that's good and yeah we'll have to do the, like an ebay search for like a the director's cut or unedited version or something so we'll find it yeah we'll get it man we'll get it and we'll we're it. definitely going to do it so don't worry mm. about that so kick ass so i will yeah thank you yeah thanks for being here man it Dude. was such a pleasure and looking forward to meeting with you again um it was a fun ride you're awesome for for doing this man we we can't say enough nice things about you so um, uh, thank you. It's been great, Bootleg oh, John yeah. Thomas Jenkins. <laughs> 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 I still don't say it. I don't say it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been fun, man. Thank you so much for doing this with us. All right, Dean. We'll let you get no back worries. to your day, man. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk soon. Thanks. All right. Have a good day, sir. See you later. Bye. Later.